This is Mark Grimaldi, Leslie's executive producer, keeping the seat warm for Leslie, if you will, for today and tomorrow. She'll be back live on Wednesday. But in the meantime, I am pleased to be joined by a great friend of the show and an excellent writer, Cliff Schechter, who is the founder and president of the public relations and political strategy for a firm called Libertas LLC. Uh, Cliff, welcome to the show, writer for the Daily Beast, excellent uh, interviewee, adding to your resume, uh, a great uh, great writer about uh, marijuana and Ohio, and I was reading your piece yesterday, and I think the most interesting part is what you essentially bring up is that the ballot initiative for marijuana isn't even the most important ballot initiative uh, for Ohioans to vote on tomorrow, is it? Well, yeah, I mean, they, they've got to vote. <clears throat> There's two ballot initiatives going on here. So you've got to vote yes on issue three, which is the one that will, um, which would allow marijuana to be legalized here. But you have to also vote no on issue two because the legislature, which is controlled basically by a bunch of right-wing goons here, but sadly some, some blue dog Democrats decide to go along for the ride. And once people went out and did what they what uh, the you know the state of Ohio allows all of us to do and signed the requisite petitions and put it on the ballot, uh, the state legislature decided that they couldn't allow that to happen. So they put a poison pill um, uh, initiative on there so to try to trick people. So they've made it a lot more difficult uh, and a much bigger pain than it should have to be. Um, but you know that's what uh, that's what our state legislature is doing these days. Now, talk about Ohio versus other states uh, legalizing marijuana. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, on the ballot initiative, it gives the uh, opportunity to legalize it only medically or just fully recreationally. Is that correct? No, actually, it, it goes the full way. Oh, it does um, go the full way. Okay. Yeah, we're, we'd be the first state that does both with the same one because, again, people who are you know who have kids who have intractable epilepsy and people going through chemo and others who are suffering here needlessly, I might add, have gone and petitioned uh, our state legislature since about 1998 trying to get medicinal, and it hasn't even gotten out of committee. So finally, what you got was um, you got this initiative put on the ballot, and here's why Ohio is unique, um, uh, for some pretty obvious reasons, but when you think about it, I mean, look, most of the states uh, that, have, that have legalized so far are generally either considered pretty liberal or libertarian or sort of a combination of both Colorado and Washington and Oregon. This is a Midwestern state, a purple, you know, very close swing state. Obviously, it's a pretty important presidential state, but, you know, it's, it's, it's a little more socially conservative, as Midwestern states are. So it's a pretty big deal here, you know, because we don't have that libertarian sort of ethos on personal behavior that you have a lot more out west. Um, and also, it's the size of the state. This is the seventh biggest state in the country. Just to give people an idea, the population in Ohio is the same as if you were to combine three of the four states that have legalized so far, uh, Alaska, Oregon, and Washington, you get about the same population as Ohio. So if Ohio passes it, not only do you have this big state, you're probably you're adding a huge population to where it's been legalized, but in this key presidential swing state where all the candidates, as you know, are going to spend a ton of time next year, and they'll have to speak to this issue. They won't be able to just avoid it. And I thought, so I, I would argue that Ohio 
could very clearly be a tipping point state because there's some other states that are going to put it on the ballot in 16. So it's very important to vote yes, and and I don't know why. I mean, we can talk more about it. I assume we probably will. That there are some progressives here who have come out against this, which I think is insane. Um, but what kind of arguments they have, are they are they giving to come out against this? Well, again, because this is a huge state, um, and you know, it's a complicated state. I mean, it's not quite California or Texas or New York, but it's not far off. You've got a lot of different urban areas, big media markets. It's incredibly expensive. So just to get it on the ballot here, we had to get 700,000, I shouldn't say we, I didn't do it, but the people who did it had to get 700,000 signatures, and that cost $5 million wow. in terms of organizational skills. So it's not like putting a ballot measure on in, like, Vermont. You know, it's a whole other level of, of, of uh, you know, what you need financially. So, the, so a lot of these groups, and, you know, I'll say they, they mean well, but have tried in the past, activist groups, to do this, and they have failed every single time. So a political consultant here uh, by the name of Ian James, based in Columbus, came up with a, an idea, which was to do it in a model where they would, we would create 10 pot farms, which would start off with the exclusive right to grow. But you could have anybody can, be, can grow up to four plants or eight ounces at home. You've got 11, up to 1,100 retail stores can be set up across the state, manufacturing facilities, security. I mean, it creates a lot of different jobs and a lot of different types of entrepreneurial businesses if you want to do it. But because of that limit, to the 10 farms, some people on the right who were mischievous started coming out and calling it a monopoly, which is insane because the 10 places have to compete with each other. And quite frankly, you know, when I went and changed my cell phone service a week ago, yeah. I didn't have that many choices <laughs> by far. That would be right? amazing. <laughs> I went from Sprint to AT&T. I think those were two of maybe the three or four choices I had. So, you know, yes, it's well-heeled investors who've gotten in, and, and they stand to make a lot of money off of this. But the way I look at it is well-heeled investors have given us an opportunity. It's in their personal interest, but it's in all of our interest. I mean, they've given us something that we could not have gotten without them, which is the opportunity to not only have medicinal for the very many people who need it, but, uh, you know, for personal use, we, we, you know, for those who wish it, up, you know, We've got 12,000. The ACLU has endorsed it because 12,000 people a year in this state are still going to prison for, for being arrested for possessing pot, as you, I'm sure, can imagine, disproportionately minority, African-American. Um, and this ends that. It ends that practice. It ends us wasting $120 million on keeping them in prison. You know, it creates a tax base. You know, if you've watched the presidential debates, John Kasich loves to brag about cutting taxes. Well, he did that. Guess how he did that? He robbed all the localities of all of our money. So, you know, it, it, this, will, will, this gives 85% of the taxes go straight to localities. So, I mean, to me, look, is it perfect? You, you, perfect in a perfect world, you, the state would own it, and it would be a different sort of thing. But this is the world we live in. And in this world, this was never going to happen because they've tried for 20 years and haven't been able to do it. So people coming in and putting money into it, you know, I've worked with plenty of people I don't agree with on everything, but if our interests are aligned and it helps, I mean, it helps. So I can't believe that, that conservatives have used a monopoly excuse, and we know conservatives couldn't care one whit about monopolies. Uh, in fact, they're often in favor of them. But they use that to try to blow up that. And a bunch of progressives sadly have bought this argument and are, you know, saying, "Oh, it's just rich people trying to get richer." And you know, they've, they've as far as I'm concerned, they've, you know, they've, they've lost the, the the plot line here, which is all the good this will do. So that's been kind of distressing. Well, I think it's hard when you're trying to fight both sides, you know, especially on an issue like this, where 
you know, I think you could draw some parallels to, you know, the marriage equality um, fight. You know, a, a guest host on this station, Mark Levine, had uh, done some protests early on regarding, uh, you know, marriage equality and always cites examples of people he was, you know, fighting who were supposed to be on his side just because it wasn't their perfect solution. Right. So, you know, you find yourself kind of getting crossfire from both sides. So, well, yeah, It reminds me of some people on the left who came out against... Uh, the Affordable Care Act when they didn't have the public option. And, and my response, of course, at that time was pretty similar. I was mad. I wanted the, the public option in there, but I'm also pragmatic. Look at the millions and millions of people who've been covered. If you if you threw this thing to the, you know, if we, if we come out and you oppose it, I'm not the one who's going to be hurt in the end because I'm lucky and can afford health insurance. But a whole lot of people get hurt. And I don't understand, you know, when progressives start acting more like Tea Partiers, it, it bothers me because, again, you're not, you know, for a lot of these people who haven't been personally touched by this, they're not going to be hurt. <clears throat> but I have three friends who have kids with different, you know, stages of, of epilepsy, one that's severe enough that, that their child, their son could die. And for them, this is it, you know, they're going to be criminals or we're going to legalize it because they're not going to let anything happen to their kids as I wouldn't let anything happen to my kids. And I think you just you have to keep your eye on the ball here and say, you know, if this is a tipping point, if this pushes this battle forward so we legalize and makes it like you brought up gay marriage is a great example so that it sort of sweeps the nation and we stop, you know, we have the largest prison population in the world. We stop sending people to prison for this idiotic, for this, for this you know, substance that's less harmful than alcohol or tobacco. Um, that can only be a good thing. And, you know, the, the last point I'll make on that is that, you know, in states that have medicinal already, a bunch of them, Minnesota, for example, limited theirs to two farms. New York limited it to five uh, farms. I think New Jersey is six. You know, and who do, who do people think are getting in the front of the line there? They think it's random people, you know, pulling out pocket change, or is it rich investor groups that can pull together the funds, the millions, probably eight figures, I'm sure, that you need to start to, to, to build the infrastructure and to put all this into place. So people will get rich as people get rich off of beer and sports and other things that we all like. But it doesn't mean that, you know, that to, you, you sort of cut off your nose to spite your face. And I, I just don't get it, you know? Yeah, I, I definitely feel you there, Cliff, especially with the examples you brought up about the Affordable Care Act. You know, I was actually one of those people who was very frustrated about the public option. But like you said, I, I came to be practical about it and said, well, you know what, let's look at our current situation and, and see where we would be if we don't pass this versus if we do. Um, I want to we're going to talk with Cliff a little bit more after the break around uh, basically about this being a tipping point. I want to talk to him kind of nationally where he sees the country going with this issue because you're hearing more and more states you know bring it up on the ballot like he said there's going to be other states bring it on the ballot in 2016 so if you'd like to join us uh, and join the discussion let us know what you think about this ballot initiative in Ohio including the poison pill and uh, what state you live in whether you'd be uh, for an initiative like this and would it be a sticking point uh, with these 10 farms, for instance, in Ohio versus kind of have having the state-owned farms versus the privately-owned farms. Give us a shout, 888-6-LESLIE. That's 888-653-7543. I'll be right back with Cliff Schechter, founder and president of the public relations and political strategy firm Liberus LLC. You can follow Cliff on Twitter. That's at Cliff Schechter, S-C-H-E-C-T-E-R, and find his work at thedailybeast.com. Lastly, this piece uh, for Cincinnati.com is called Lawmakers Are the Real Monopolists, and I think Cliff is making a great argument as to why that is the case. We'll be right back after this.
Life, liberty, and the pursuit of truth. The Leslie Marshall Show. Give her a call now at 888-6-LESLIE. Welcome back to the Leslie Marshall Show. This is Mark Grimaldi, Leslie's executive producer, filling in for Leslie today and tomorrow. She'll be back live on Wednesday. In the meantime, I am joined by the excellent Cliff Schechter, founder and president of the public relations and political strategy firm Libertas LLC. Cliff has worked on campaigns or as a PR consultant for everyone from former President Bill Clinton to former New York Mayor Michael Bloomberg and the Susan Thompson Buffett Foundation. Cliff is the author of the 2008 bestseller, as many of you know, The Real McCain. He's a columnist for The Daily Beast, and he sits on the board of the Ohio Innocence Project. Cliff, thank you again for joining us today. My pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. I I really do, honestly. I'll, uh, you know off-air stuff uh, will go on here. I I always love reading your pieces. Some of my favorite ones are the ones where you talk about um, basically, you know, gun reform. So I would really encourage those who haven't had a a chance to read, um, you know, Cliff's work to check it out on the Daily Beast. Um, You're going to find absolutely. You know, I find not a huge fan of the NRA. No, I, I, you know, I I share your passion for that, but I always find that your arguments are very logical. You know, I, I like how sharp they are because sometimes someone just needs to come out and say, you know, Basically, this is what's going on, and this is how ridiculous it is. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and talking more, you know, back, but back on the original topic, you know, I find it very interesting. There's so many different facets to this topic, especially because of how taboo it is. If you look at history and how the prohibition of alcohol failed, um, and I think you're right about this potentially being a tipping point. So I think a lot of people want to know, especially someone who is so uh, ingrained in the situation like yourself on the ground and knowing so much about it. What do you think the chances are that this passes? I think it has a really good chance. Um, you know, I, I'll be nervous until I know it does. And obviously, there's always the scenario where issue three and issue two pass. So to be clear to people who are listening, you need to vote no on two and yes on three. Um, and I actually made up a little rhyme about it. No on two, two yes on three, or you'll have to wait for pot till 2023. Ooh, that's good. I I like that. We we'll have to tweet that out for you, Cliff. I like that. <laughs> I think it's more. I think the, the better version of it that was a little more articulate was no on two, yes on three, or pray for pot in twenty twenty three. I think they're both good. I'll take either one. You, you should you should <laughs> just. You. So, get... I mean, so so I think chances are good. If they, so to be clear, if they do if they do both pass and it goes to the courts, the law in Ohio does say that that if two opposing initiatives pass, the one with more votes um, would would prevail. But our our right wing vote suppressing you know i can go on and say a number of things but i guess i'll hold back secretary of state john Husted, who's waged a war against this just to you know to, to win over the christian right for his inevitable run for governor in 2018 he's going to fight it in the courts and do everything he can and we do have a conservative supreme court here like everything else um so you can't be sure that just because you have the better argument that you're going to win there. So the the best, so so the best result obviously is that three wins and two loses. I've seen polling, three is right there, just about you know it's a little under fifty percent, but there's a whole bunch of undecideds, and the undecideds are leaning yes. 
<clears throat> so while I can't say for sure it'll go, I can say it's going to really, if people who are listening to this who are in Ohio or know people here, encourages them to go out and vote. No on two, yes on three. I think I think it's got a very good chance of passing, you know, but I mean, it's certainly people have to go out and vote. It's far from far from certain the results. All right. Let's say, you know, for argument's sake, it passes. Okay. We're looking at 2016. We're seeing more states uh, go after this. What are, What is the ultimate, you know, end all, be all where we could have this be, you know, federal law, all 50 states? I mean, I don't want to discount how quick it could happen because although it was through the Supreme Court, I think if you told any of us, you know, about marriage equality and how it would happen, you know, even five years ago, I think you'd be surprised of how fast it happened. Yeah, well, all of us, I think, absolutely. If you predicted it, you're smarter than me that this was going to happen this quickly. I mean, uh, the, I'd say that the opinion has changed, seems to be changing as rapidly as it did on gay marriage for legalization. Um, it's amazing where we are, and I think of where we were five years ago on pot. I mean, it's now a 57, 58% proposition in terms of supporting it in this country. Um, the difference is, of course, is I don't see courts buying an argument that that's that there is some sort of interest constitutionally we have in having pot, um, and there's still a whole lot of racism wrapped up against it. I mean, William Randolph Hearst, who was one of the original, uh, you know, yellow journalists in the 30s who railed against it, was doing it. One of the reasons he did it, of course, and how he did it was was by tying it to African Americans and old stereotypes about African American men liking white women and all this just reprehensible stuff. Um, and but that still exists in, in people's minds, and there's no doubt some some on the sort of far right play play that up. So, you know, where will it go? Well, I mean, the thing is, if it passes here in this big of a state with this big of an impact on the nation in terms of the presidential, Cliff, election, I don't want to cut you off, but we got about thirty seconds left, so I want you to be able to very wrap quickly. Up. California is going to have it on the ballot in Massachusetts and Maine. I think those are done deals, but there are states where people are talking about, like Missouri might put it on the ballot, and Michigan, and that's the thing. If it passes here, those states have a much better chance, and when it passes in those states is when it gets done nationally. So no on two, yes on three, everybody. Please do it. No on two, yes on three. He's Cliff Schechter. You can find him on Twitter, at Cliff Schechter. That's S-C-H-E-C-T-E-R. Find his work at thedailybeast.com. No on two, yes on three. We'll be right back after this.